Hello, my name is Angela Yaw, and this is the EPA Insights Podcast. Every month, I ask my guests to tell me about why they won an EPA award and what it genuinely takes to be award-winning. The idea of this podcast is to raise the standard of innovation, skills, and regulation in the fintech sector. And while doing this, we want to make the world a better place. I hope you enjoy listening. We're really excited to be talking today about the EPA Awards. The EPA Awards are well-renowned. They've been running now for many, many years. Hundreds of companies from throughout the world submit for these awards every year. And the good and the great win them. And, you know, I feel very, very fortunate today to have some really fantastic guests today. And today we're going to be talking about the Best Financial Inclusion Payments Initiative, which it arguably is one of the most important awards there are. We all know what problem financial inclusion is and digital inclusion is in our sector. And, you know, we've seen that through COVID, some of the issues with with it. And, you know, there's 13 people, million people in the UK alone without bank accounts, let alone the problem that we're going to be discussing globally, which is still absolutely huge. And some of the winners of these categories have gone the extra mile to do some amazing work to help ease that problem. So I'd like to introduce my guest. I'd like to start with you, Scott. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Angela. It's a pleasure to be here today. Uh, I'm Scott. I'm uh, Scott Abrahams, I should say. I'm SVP of Business Development at MasterCard in the UK and Ireland. That role looks after many parts of our business in the United Kingdom and and in Ireland. But my main interest here is that I'm focused on fintechs. I own all of our fintech practice in London. I also own all of our public sector approaches and merchant relationships and acquirer relationships. Like Angela, I also sit on the advisory board of the EPA. I'm I'm also a judge for other parts of of the uh, EPA awards. So I'm very involved in this. And I was very keen to be here today to both talk about this specific award and also help potential new award winners in, in how they approach the awards this year. So thank you for the invite, Angela. Thank you. And, you know, we had two award winners this year, didn't we, Scott, which is unusual. Why was that? Unusual. It might even be unprecedented. Angela, I think I I can't remember. There might be, right? I've not been a judge forever, but why was there? Because in a category with incredibly high standards already, and I think Paul will talk more about that later, the joint winners represented here today, they were impossible to differentiate. They were brilliant in their own ways. And I don't want to talk too much about that because I think we'll get into that more later. But both submissions in terms of their impact, in terms of the actual submission itself, in terms of how it was written, the empirical evidence provided of its impacts were such that as judges, we couldn't pick them apart. I'd like to move on now to Paul. So Paul, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Angela. So if you could just introduce yourself and then start to answer the question, why the two joint winners? And then also, could you describe in one sentence the awards journey throughout the year? Or could you sort of describe your journey with the awards, you know, since you've been involved? Sure. So hi, I'm Paul Bartholomew King. I'm Head of Strategic Relationships at Elevon in Europe. So last year we had two winners. It was um unprecedented. We've never had this at the EPA Awards Fair for any category. Both entries were far and away very comprehensive in terms of what information was provided. I think what's important is when judges are looking at these things, everyone that submits an entry kind of knows their own thing and what they're doing in their own country with their own culture and their own customs. 
uh, and their way of developing financial services. But when we read these as judges, we, we don't have always that knowledge or information. So I think what's important is, is when you get two entries that really describe the whole journey from what it means in terms of population and demographics as to what challenges there are, what gaps need to be filled. Because over the years, there's always been lots of good programs around the use of mobile phones and mobile money that it, it's kind of understanding, putting almost yourself in the, in the shoes of the customer or the end user to be able to describe what it is you've, you've done for them. So these two entries very much kind of answer that, but also enables the judges to, to understand not just the, the right outcomes in terms of delivering these solutions, but also in, in, in terms of the reach and distribution. And also really for financial inclusion, it's very difficult to do things without partners that are also committed to the cause. It's not something that I guess in these sectors, a bank can just do on its own or an airtime company or an agent. Um, you're going to have to bring everything together because I guess in some of the, the more developed markets, we just take everything for granted in how we can get access to everything. But, you know, all these little components, all these different partnerships all have to be packaged together in a way that uh, it's accessible for the consumers to, to benefit from. And that's what these two entries described uh, extremely well. Thank you for that. I'm going Thank to move you. on to the winners now because we're really proud of you guys for, you know, for winning against quite stiff competition as well. So let me start with Omar. Hi, Angela. My name is uh, Omar Moin Malik and I'm the head of Easy Pesa, which is a mobile money service in Pakistan. Now let's move on to Mahi. Hi, everyone. I'm Mohit Bhargavad, Deputy General Manager at Conviva. Uh, we won for the Airtel Money Service, and Conviva is a technology partner for Airtel Money. Airtel Money in Uganda is one of the leading mobile money services in the country. And Uganda being a least developed country, uh, it comes in the UN list of LDC countries. And uh, there are very few people who have bank accounts. So a large section of the society is financially excluded. And uh, they do not have means to get bank accounts. So uh, Airtel helped these people. Airtel is one of the largest telecom operators in, the, uh, in Uganda, and they help people to get a digital wallet linked to their mobile number through which people can do multiple kinds of transactions. So why do you think that this initiative stood out from the crowd? Well, um, we certainly put in a lot of uh, effort in the submission. We did have a couple of people who uh, put in some late hours. We tried to be, I think, accurate. Uh, in our in our entry, so you know we didn't no fluff over there, and we tried to to really read the questions and understand what the judges were looking for, and then make our submissions accordingly. So I think we put in a lot of effort uh, in, in submission itself, but then the, the work that we're doing here in Pakistan is uh, I think it's, it's a very noble cause. I mean, so mobile money is actually directly impacting the people of Pakistan. And Terribly, giving them, yeah. yeah, giving them opportunities to be part of the, the formal financial services network. So, you know, people who have for, for years, they've, they've only used cash. They now have the opportunity to say, buy online or, or pay for something using their mobile phones. So that itself is a very rewarding and a very, as Scott mentioned earlier, it's it's you know, you've got a lot of empirical evidence that you know these things work and they they have a material impact. So I think the work itself 
uh, is very good. And then the entry uh, that we submitted, we, uh, we spent a lot of time on that. And I can only think of these two reasons why we were selected. Now, things which help us to stand out as an entry, one is the way we did the submission. Of course, we focused on the impact which the service has created how it has helped uh, various people, starting from the MSMEs to the refugees to the people who want loans to the village saving and loan associations. So we focused on how a service uh, has reached multiple rungs of societies to people who have not even seen any digital or, uh, or a bank within their region. And to them, Airtel has reached out to provide financial services. So I think the way we submitted the entry in, in bringing this all together, the impact of the service that uh, really helped us to win. Well, again, congratulations. You know, I'm so touched to hear about what you're doing. Tell us a little bit about the tech, the tech behind the solution, because it's, you know, it's this fintech, this sector we're in, you know, it's burgeoning around the world. And there's a lot we can learn about, you know, in, in other continents about what you've done. So, so please tell us. Sure, sure. So mobile money... As the, as the name suggests, it, it rides upon the, the fact that you know we have people and millions of people by uh, by all means using mobile phones with a with a very high uh, amount of technology available very cheaply now in their hands and using these mobile phones. Of course, they're using these mobile phones for all sorts of things like email and, and voice calls and browsing the internet and games and movies and whatnot. But we felt that it's very important uh, for a country like Pakistan to allow these people to use the same mobile phone to be able to do their banking transactions. Uh, So the concept of e-money or electronic money was not very prevalent in a a country like Pakistan. The numbers that I I, I talked about earlier, you know, an adult population of 120 million is the fifth largest country in the world. And it's got talked about going after about a billion people. So a quarter of them are actually living in my country. And out of 120 million people, only 25 million people use banking services. So in terms of cash, everything is done on cash in Pakistan. And that's really what we wanted to go after. Our enemy is cash. Uh, We have no competition other than cash. And what we want to do is reach a point where the cash usage in the overall country comes down to a bare minimum. And people are able to do the majority of the things that they want to do using their mobile phone. So be it payments, purchases, investments, loans, insurance products, uh, remittances, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so that's, that's what we are doing. Now, the tech behind all of this, we have a lot of in-house solutions that we've developed. Uh, we were obviously affiliated with a, um, a telco company. That's why the name of my bank is called Telenor Microfinance Bank because uh, the majority ownership resides with uh, one of the big telco groups uh, called Telenor Group out of Norway. But uh, the tech is mostly in-house uh, developed. We have a few vendors that we work with. Um, that technology is very closely linked with uh, with mobile phones. So we have a USSD channel that customers can use on their feature phones. And we have uh, smartphone applications for both iOS and Android that customers can download and start using. We were the first mobile money service to launch in Pakistan. At the moment, we have the largest, uh, the most number of customers using our app. So we are, by all practical means, the largest app in Pakistan as well. 
We have you know millions of transactions taking place on a daily basis across the country. And because the country is so dependent on cash, we actually have an agent network across the country, 125,000 agents, which are actually mom and pop shops, where we basically indulge in, um, in digitizing physical cash and vice versa. So we have to get money into the wallets for customers to be able to do transactions. And that's a very important uh, component of our business. Coming back to the service, so, so what are the key focus areas which we talked about in the entry? Firstly, uh, Airtel money is accessible by all. So whether you are banned or unbanked, you have Airtel SIM connection, you just need to activate the service and you are on. So you have financial account within seconds. So that's how simple it is. And your KYC, which is already done for getting the telecom uh, SIM, has worked for getting, it, uh, getting you to uh, register for the mobile money service. Secondly, in, in Uganda, a lot of people do not have smartphones. Uh, they do not have that pleasure of having costly phones uh, like uh, the, the Western part of the world. So for them, we ensure that the services for the feature phones users are provided on USSD, which is a SMS kind of transaction channel, and hence they're able to communicate uh, or they're able to use that service. Not that, but for also the smartphone users, we have the My Airtel app. So it's, it's basically giving flexibility to your customer to use a channel of their choice. Thirdly, we created a huge uh, network of agents. A lot of Airtel agents were converted into Airtel money agents. Also, a lot of mom and pop stores were used. So, uh, 140,000 Airtel money agents are there across length and breadth of Uganda. And this is much, much bigger than the combined network of all commercial banks put together. So, we created the last mile network where people can deposit, withdraw. They can get education about the financial services. And I believe that actually when you see an Airtel, uh, Airtel Money logo or an Airtel Money agent within your area, that helps you to gain confidence about the service. Lastly, we try to give a comprehensive set of services. So starting from money transfers to international remittances, to merchant payments, to bill payments, to loans, to group savings, to financial aid or salary payment, financial aid in the refugee camps, salary payment to the workers, bank to wallet transactions. So a whole lot of services uh, have been given to the customer. So it's not just one money transfer, but it's a gamut of services which we are offering. These four or five things actually helped us to reach multiple rungs of society, as I already said. Wonderful. So tell me what stood out to you with these two companies particularly. You know, what was it that you thought that you just couldn't choose between them? We know it was a you know, soul-searching decision for you all. But what was it that really sort of made the meaningful difference between what these guys were doing? I think there's two or three things that really came out of both of these submissions, which put them ahead of many other really high quality submissions, number one, and also put them equal. I would say the first thing both submissions did was prove a really empirically sound, positive outcome for people, right? Particularly in financial inclusion, that's obviously very important, but it may surprise you, but it didn't surprise perhaps Paul and I that so many submissions don't do that. Or they, they skate over that in some way. So that's the first thing. There was, there was really empirical evidence of an action and an outcome in, in both of them. I think secondly, the actual submission overall was of high quality, right? It's incredible how many submissions are made almost with a set sort of marketing deck with very little reference to the actual questions and the criteria that judges such as myself and Paul are using. And that actually is the other thing where both these submissions really stood out. You know, they looked at the criteria, realized that what 
they had to put to that criteria, you know, is very deserving and fits well with it. And so they, they took what they knew and applied it to the criteria. Very often, things are just, dare I say, it's submitted. Here's a glossy sales deck, if you like, for instance. But, you know, given the competition and the amount of submissions that the judges are now seeing, you've got to be really, you've got to stand out. You've got to be extra special in some way. And it's those two things, the, the, the empirical basis, which both proved the impact they had and the quality of the submission and the way it was focused on answering the questions. So tell me, you know, what's happened in Uganda and in the region since COVID and how has this solution particularly helped, you know, during these really tough times that we've had? COVID, uh, of course, it's bad for the world. It's bad for Uganda. But of course, for digital companies, it was an opportunity also. Yeah. And actually, COVID first, uh, globally, there was a panic. People, there were lockdowns. Uh, Same happened in Uganda. People were within their homes. And at that point of time, they started using these mobile money services like Airtel Money. Operators or mobile money providers like Airtel Money also came to the help of the people. So Airtel Money, initially when the lockdown happened, they actually removed the fee on merchant payment and P2P transfers. That helped because people who were very budget conscious and would not come onto the digital payment services actually came in because of the free transfers. And then they have stayed on. So they have not gone away. So actually, this helped to give them a taste or a flavor of what benefits digital payments, financial inclusion can get them. So that's one about uh, reducing the prices. Another area where Airtel Money was uh, with government and NGOs. So it worked with Ministry of Health in Uganda and Red Cross uh, Society to collect donations. So they created these donation wallets where everybody can do small donations. So it's not about doing big donations to bank account, but collecting from people who can donate very small amounts and think they're contributing to this particular noble cause of uh, mitigating the impact of COVID in their country. Lastly, also, we, we, we came up with innovative solution. For example, we have these prepaid systems. They're not postpaid systems like Western world. So in prepaid system, you need to recharge every month or every two weeks. So for them, we ensured that people who have Airtel money can recharge for people who cannot recharge, the elderly people. And for that, doing that noble thing, they, are, they were actually given free airtime. So that kind of community recharge service we have created. Also, there are loans which are offered in Airtel money. And we tried to act. So people who are not able to pay loans, they have to pay a certain bit of penalties. And we removed all those penalties for them. So Airtel money as a service tried to help people in all ways, created new innovative features. Uh, and they were done within a few days because the time was less. So that actually created... Uh, helped uh, a lot uh, the transactions to increase drastically. It fell down in April, but then, of course, after that, it actually grew very uh, exponentially, and they have stayed. So I think we have we have seen how it can be called as a black swan movement, and how uh, COVID has actually increased uh, or brought people into the financial inclusion fold. Thank you so much. I'm so honestly, I'm so touched with what you guys have been doing, you know, and how much it's helped, especially in the last twelve months. One very quick question. Just give us your advice for people entering into this category this year. Just maybe your top two pieces of advice. I would say, again, um, read the questions and and try to understand what the judges are asking for um, and and, and respond to that rather than going in with your own sales pitch. So I think, again, along the lines of what Scott talked about, you know, uh, don't just uh, go in with your marketing pitch. And of course, you need to have a service which has made an impact. Uh, and if you do, I think that really adds to, to standing up. So I guess if you are award winning 
already and you enter, you've got much more of a chance as if you just put something through that you think may have a chance of winning. You've really got to be doing something significant to win this category, haven't you? In my opinion, yes. And, and me as well. So thank you for that. Now, Well, uh, and the final question goes to you as well. As you're the lead judge in this category and have been now for some many years, what will you be looking for in 2021? You know, the bar's been set high, so you're going to be looking for something potentially different. It's been a difficult year as well, as I keep saying. So, well, what will you be looking for in 2021? Well, I think with the kind of year or so challenges that we've had, I think clearly um, the whole enablement of more digitally enabled solutions, payments, acceptance, um, also the delivery and distribution, I think um, as sort of Mohit and Omar were referring to, I think it's probably accelerated some things that were already happening um, in markets just to an, a greater degree. So I think for this year, looking at the, the entries, it's, it's looking at also how those um, how those are reflected in, in going that extra mile because people will have had challenges of being, in, I guess, restricted to the things that they would normally take for granted to get access to. Uh, and it's being able to articulate that uh, in an entry this year to show how you've had to go that extra mile, whether that's because people haven't been able to get where they need to to sign up uh, to get on board it, to join something, and also to be able to use it. Because it's been, I guess, additionally challenging for people to be able to accept money and merchants to be able to take money too. So, yeah, this year, I think we'll be looking for a, a different kind of entry caused by the circumstances that we've had and, and organisations being able to overcome those challenges in different ways, but still deliver the, the best outcomes in order that we get continuation of inclusivity for financial services. And as a judge, seen hundreds of entries over the years, how can people entering, how can they make your life easier this year? You, you know, we know each, each entry is 1,500 words or up to. What's the easiest way to stand out from the crowd? I think for financial inclusion, I said a moment ago, putting yourself in the shoes of somebody that has never had access to financial services before, and writing it in a way that kind of describes from an individual's perspective with all the pieces that are around the outside for, for how the technology, the infrastructure, the partnerships made that possible. I think articulating it that way, that's what makes a difference. That's what makes it feel real and, and tangible as opposed to submitting some pictures and I guess what ordinarily be called a kind of sort of marketing sales type pitch it's got to be it's got to be more than that it's got to be something that feels intrinsic to the to the cause and describes everything in a very customer individual way that's that's a fantastic way to finish thank you for listening to this podcast and getting to the very end of it if you enjoyed it would you be kind enough to show your appreciation by liking sharing and commenting on it so we can keep improving the industry and collaborating together. This is Angela Yore signing off.